Well, salutations, all of you quantum queens and subatomic saladins out there. <laughs> and welcome to The Lounge. Uh, this is Phantom Lounge, where um, a random hodgepodge of your fandom correspondence uh, will get together and talk about just whatever's going on, either um, in entertainment news or what's going on in their lives, and just kind of chill and relax and invite you to vibe with us. Um, this week, through Fandom Lounge, we have uh, me, um, your host, Al, also known as Red Lanyard. Uh, we're also joined by the um, very sleepy, apparently, uh, editor-in-chief, uh, Jacob Vance Hardesty. How are you, Jacob? I'm, I'm doing well. Okay, so apparently I picked up that yawn. My bad. Yeah, that, yeah, that yawn comes over the microphone, that's for sure. <laughs> the mic is powerful. <laughs> wow. Uh, I am doing well, though, Al. Thank you. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Um, we also are joined by um, uh, the ever-delightful uh, Admin Raven, also known as Jenny. How are you doing, Jen? Oh, I'm doing good, Al. Happy to be here. Good. Um, and last but certainly not least, we are joined by um, the, the elder mind himself, um, the wise sage Joshua. Josh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I like being called the elder mind. It makes me seem like a... <laughs> Like a demigod or something. Let us go to the older mind. Let us go to the older mind. The good blood will guide you there. Um, But yeah, y'all, so so we do this segment of um, a fandom talk um, kind of a lot of different ways. We don't really have like a a format we follow for this one. Um, But today I wanted to talk about uh, one of the more significant things to happen. Um, in our various spheres of fandom, um, this one being the MCU, because Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania came out. Uh, that's why I did that unhinged introduction earlier. And um, um, it came out, and all of us have watched it, and it's the start of uh, Phase 5 of the MCU. Um, so I thought we'd take the first part of this episode just kind of um, chatting about what we thought about um, the film, uh, what we liked uh, what we did not like, what we think it could mean for the MCU going forward as the Kickstarter to Phase 5, um, and stuff like that. Uh, we will probably be going into full spoiler territory. I'll go ahead and say that now. So if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, Quantumania yet, um, I encourage you to skip ahead probably like half an hour or so um, to skip all of the spoiler talk um, and get to the rest of what we're I'm talking about this episode. But uh, that being said... Um, Ginny, I'll start with you. How did you like, um, our introduction to phase five? Um, I really loved it. Um, I went into this not really knowing what to expect. Um, I didn't really like listen to it. Like I didn't like read any reviews or anything on it. I just like went in kind of blind. I knew it was going to be weird. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was probably the most sci-fi like, uh, like genre that Marvel has done so far. Um, if I said that right, I don't know, but uh, I don't know. It was just very weird, but I loved it. Yeah, it is very weird. It's probably one of the weirdest ones that they've done so far, just in like um, the visuals and just in like the the kinds of concepts they're asking you to buy into. It's yeah. just like all very strange. Yeah. Um, I almost imagined that there was somebody out there 
who somehow, some way, this was their very first MCU movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, sure, I'll watch one of them, uh, one of them newfangled, you know, superhero films and see what it's all about. And like within like an hour, there's like a giant guy who's just a face in a chair and like everybody's <laughs> getting tiny and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it is, it was very weird. Um, um, I'll come back to you in a second, Jen, because there was something very interesting that happened at the end of this one that <laughs> I'd like to get your yes, yes, I know. Take on. Yeah, but but um, um, yeah. That being said, though, I'm kind of using that segue. Uh, Jacob, as my um, ever steadfast compatriot on um, on everything um, Star Wars, um, I got some serious kind of Star Wars vibes from this one um just between like um the backdrops and like the various settings and like the weird aliens i guess they are kind of um would you agree and how and overall how did you feel about ant-man and the wasp on this one um i'm i i'm with jenny i i loved it i i do not understand the the different hate that this movie is getting. I don't understand how uh, there's a lot of people that are like, after Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, I'm done with Marvel. You know, I don't, I don't get that. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I could definitely see some, some connections to Star Wars, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, especially with the whole idea of, you know, Kang being the emperor, basically, and then, um, I think her name is Jin Tora. I think the the really yes. awesome like yes. rebellion leader Loved girl. Yeah. Um, I really liked her, and um, the little goop guy. I I, I could oh, not I could not so catch cute. their names. I, yes. I I I felt bad. I I, I got I got uh, Quaze was the telepath that's from mm-hmm. the good place. Yeah, Chidi. Um, Chidi, yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I did not catch the goop guy, uh, the goop guy's name. I think I know, I know it starts with a V because it's it's the one that David Desmalkins uh, is yeah. playing. Yeah, um, uh, Veb. Veb. Okay, Veb. Oh, okay, yeah. Veb's the best. Yeah. So they were all great, and I love that they were like this weird kind of little like ragtag group um, fighting against Kang, um, and I really like that aspect of it where um, Cassie, who was possibly my favorite character in the movie actually because i really liked her in this movie um where she was like leading them to like rise up against kang i thought that was really interesting i really kind of i like that idea of it where it was it wasn't just scott and and hope and them going against kang it was the entire quantum realm basically rising up against him i really i really like that aspect of it um, and that's kind of, I mean, that's the, that's the rebel alliance versus the empire right there. So that's, there's definitely some star Wars, uh, connections there. Um, and, and you're right. The, the different characters, they all looked weird and from, they're from different worlds. And, and as you and I have discussed multiple times in star Wars, we love seeing the weird, crazy alien races. Um, and, uh, in fact, there needs to be more of them in the movies, in my opinion. Yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I definitely do see some connections, and uh, and yeah, like I said, I just I love this movie. I thought it was really really good. Yeah, yeah, like I know it was a lot of fun. Like it just had like it had a bunch of stuff going on, but and like at times it felt very 
kind of hectic, but not in a bad way. It just like felt very fast paced, which was very good. Um, but um, yeah, um, uh, Josh, how oh to you, brother? I mean, I mean, is Ant Man and the Wasp? I mean, is this is this just the end of the MCU? Is this where <laughs> it just is this where it goes off the rails and ends? <laughs> It's it's not. I'm not as I'm not as positive as probably you guys are on this movie because I do think there's a lot of missed opportunities here, and I think one of the one of the issues I have with this movie is more I've thought about is like, you know, the, the MCU really has has really succeeded in the past couple of years when they did things different. You know, WandaVision, Loki, uh, Miss Marvel, you know, uh, Moon Knight, all extremely different projects, and like I just really don't understand why this movie just wasn't a Kang movie. Like if you if you if you did a movie where like you were just watching Kang's rise and fall, because that's where all the most interesting stuff happens, right? Nothing against Goop Man and the dude from the Good Place, but all the most interesting stuff happens when you're like, oh, we're learning about Kang. So I don't know why this just wasn't a Kang movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as far as like with this movie, we're, we're gonna have to start. We're gonna have to have a sit down with some writers at some point because. Now you're asking you're asking your your viewers to to really have some really insanely deep leaps of logic here um, because there's a moment in this movie where Cassie, you know, is like, oh, it's all my fault, Dad. Everything about this is my fault because I was messing with the quantum realm, and I really, really wanted Scott to be like, honey, it's not your fault. Janet Van Dyne has been one step away from the most powerful beings in the universe and didn't say a word about Kang being in this thing for six years. Yeah. You know, and like, and so like, you I have, feel like they talked about that a lot. She was dusted. So technically, I said only, six years. And only, here's the thing. That's only a year. Okay. Okay. So, so, so here's the deal. Okay. All right. So she, so she, she watches, she watches them come back, beat Thanos twice and is like, I'm just gonna let that be. Just gonna let that. Just gonna let that. Just gonna let that <laughs> marinate. I don't know. Something probably won't happen. And there, there really wasn't a good enough reason, in my opinion, for Kang not to be able to go and get whatever he needed down there because he controls time. So I don't understand. That's. I mean, what? What have you guys explained that to me? Why? You know, he he has the. I understand. Like the whole thing is like he needs the pin particles to shrink it back or whatever. But if he controls time and can go back and forwards in time, why can't he go back and get that? He can't control time. He's not that powerful. Okay, but here's the issue. He's at one point he's literally moving Scott back and forth on that wall thing. Okay, he's like using the force. But he's like using the force. But that's like like, that's more like telekinesis. That's not control of time. Okay, but what I'm saying though is like, so you're telling me he can do that, but because he doesn't have the four little pin particles, he can't go and get the. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, once again, like that's the thing. Like so, so, so then, guys, what we need to understand is when Kang shows up. As long as we put Ant-Man and Wasp on the front lines here, so the pin particles are going to be cool. You know, it's it, it's a really it's a really weird weird concept when you think about it, because the issue here is that they didn't want to do Fantastic Four yet, and this is a Fantastic Four movie, but it's they put Ant-Man and Wasp in there because they got Paul Rudd playing Ant-Man and they got to do something with him, and like that the, the more you think about this movie, like that's what it ends up being because like. All the interesting stuff, none of it involves Ant-Man. Like, none of it. Like, none of the interesting stuff involves Ant-Man. Except for, I guess, the ants at the end that this deus ex machina that Michael Douglas pulls out of his, you know, rear. But, like, other than that, none of the interesting stuff. It's not an Ant-Man movie, so it's literally just watching this guy with the powers of the ant 
you know, float around through the quantum realm and deal with Kang. And I just really think, honestly, a better movie would have just been, hey, let's talk about Kang. Kang wasn't always evil, apparently. There's non-evil Kangs. This Kang apparently is only evil because you realize all the other Kangs are evil. I don't understand why you couldn't have that movie and why why we're not trusting in our characters enough to pull off this movie. If we if we trust our characters enough to be like, we're going to make a, a raccoon with a bunch of guns, a sociopathic raccoon with a bunch of guns, interesting. I don't understand why we can't just be like, we're going to pull this off to where we, we can watch this guy become the evil dictator that he's going to need to be in the, in the MCU. Uh, it just really seemed like they lost a lot of their own confidence in what they had when they were doing this movie. Here, there, they're just like, I don't know, we got Ant-Man for another movie, let's just pull that off. But I, I, but I do think that, you know, when all is said and done, when we look back on this, you know, a few years from now, when we get, when we, you know, get over the fact of, you know, the, the, and, and incredibly, I'm not, I can't say this enough, the ants at the end of this thing were awesome, okay? But when we get over the fact of like that and, you know, and, and the goop man and like all this stuff, we're going to look back and we're going to go, man, it really would have been cool if we just had a Kang movie there, right? That, at least that's my opinion. Yeah, I got you. Um, um, before I go on, does anybody else have any kind of a response, or does anybody else want to also talk about things they might not have enjoyed or thought was a imitation about the movie? Well, I definitely I, I see your point and don't necessarily disagree because I think a uh, a Kang standalone Kang movie would have been great. But don't you? I think they were trying to address certain things and just tried to fit it all into this movie. Which again, mm -hmm. I I do see your point. But you know, you kind of want to introduce Cassie because she could have done her own on her own movie. Yeah, and you're, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you like where I think the mindset probably was. Right, but and Cassie even could have done like a little like four part series on Disney Plus. Exactly, and that would have been fine, kind of like what they did with um, uh, Kate Bishop. I agree. Cassie's the best part of this movie. Cassie's great, and I was really happy to see her. Um, but I mean, I think they were just trying to do because they've you know they've been they were basically listening to fans too much. I think. I think that's where a lot of I've talked about this with Star Wars. Like they list like the writers and stuff listen to bands so much that they don't like kind of put their own spin on things. And I think they try to fit everything in here, trying to please. Mm -hmm. Not that I think it was like a uh, fan service. I'm just saying like you know they heard the feedback about how too many like you know oversaturated TV shows and stuff like that, and they didn't want to do. So I think maybe that might have come into play. I'm not sure. I got an answer for you. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Look me in the eye and tell me you wouldn't think this movie's better if it was two hours of Loki following Kang's life. Well, of course. I mean, I'll just go ahead and say Loki was actually the best part of the movie. And I loved the movie, but like Loki was just, I mean, he blew me away. But but what I'm saying is like put your put your Tom Hiddleston Loki-ness love aside and be like, that's a more interesting movie to that me. That would have been a great movie. You know, Loki trying to figure out, okay, what is this yeah. thing? What is this person? Yeah. You know, as opposed to, as opposed and, to, yeah. you know, man, you know, Janet's talking about this for a long time, guys. And, yeah, you know, here's Bill Murray randomly. Well, and arguably Janet was actually more the villain uh, <laughs> than, you know. But, I mean, I don't know. That's a whole, that's a whole thing. Janet really got on my nerves. Um, I don't feel like she got enough, uh, enough hate. In, in the, <laughs> but, no, like, I feel like they were just very forgiving. Like, just like, and I know yeah. she went through a lot, but, like, also, like, hey, you know, we're all probably about to die because yeah. you didn't. We're all going to die. Timelines are going to die. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of people are going to die and, because you yeah. couldn't be like, hey, 
Doctor Strange. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Do you know who's in the quantum realm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, again, like, I don't necessarily disagree with all your points, but, like, I'm not, like, mad that the movie exists, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I don't even think that's what you were trying to say. I'm just saying. I'm not mad the movie I'm just, exists. I'm just talking. I'm not mad the movie exists. <laughs> I, just, I just really think, like, if they had done, you know, if they had just done a movie called Kang. Yeah. Well, I... Well, and especially... I'm sorry, Megan. No, but, like, just especially right. after seeing... I mean, we all knew this after... Uh, Loki's first season, but like seeing Jonathan Majors as Kang is just like a riveting experience. Yeah. So imagine an entire movie like that. Like Especially that's... since they're going with a very like, in my opinion, to to a deep pull here, with Kang they're going to do a very Sephiroth thing where he's going to be in the background of everything. Yeah, Thanos is a little different because he was almost in boss. He just would randomly show up and be like, "I'm going to grab a Ronan for for a little while." Okay? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. Kang, we've seen him at the end of Loki. We've seen him in this movie. I guarantee he's the villain of Fantastic Four. Um, if he's not, I'd be shocked. And we know we're ending with you know Secret Wars and or the Kang Dynasty. Kang Dynasty. And Secret yeah. Wars. So like we know all this stuff. So we know he's going to be there for the next four years a really solid like origin would have been interesting in the movies. And you can, you can make the argument like, well, that's what they'll do with the Loki show. And I'm like, that's perfectly fine. But like the Loki show isn't going to reach as many people as a movie. It's true. So, I mean, I'm not saying it shouldn't. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, no, I wasn't but, there's gonna a, take offense to that. but there's a lot of people who just watch the movies. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've yeah. got people angry right now that, that they're saying that um, if you don't watch Secret Invasion, you're not going to understand Marvel's, uh, or or and Captain Marvel is directly in a secret invasion, and I love that kind of stuff. But I'm a comic book guy. I'm I'm conditioned to have all the stuff work together. Yeah, same. But the problem is that, and I, and that's no reason why I think all of us are kind of like because I do the same thing. I came in the movie like think it was really good, you know. But if if I look at it as a comic book, it's perfectly fine because once again, it's like a one shot in mm-hmm. a comic. But like if you look at it as a movie, you know, it's really difficult to be like. This was successful because if anybody's going to see this movie, you know, if you don't have about eight hours of backstory in you when you go to see this, you know, and then have the ability to leave this movie going, okay, cool, I can't wait for another 12 hours of story time I'm going to put into this. It, it's, just, it's just hard to consider that a, a, a monumental success when you could have had just a moment where you're like, hey, let's just do a deep character study of Kang. So if if I may, then what would you would you not do in Ant Man three or what what would you do with Scott? Like you as can do literally and, and anything. Yeah, you there's want a lot you could have done with that. Sure, yeah, all the like, other Ant like I said this about the first Ant Man. Remember, I was very much against Ant Man being in this to begin with. Okay, because I don't like Hank Pym, and I really don't like Scott that much in the comics. But like, but the thing what they did though was smart off Ant Man and Ant Man the Wasp. They turned them into heist movies, and then they tried to do this for a second. You know, because they were like, well, I heard you're a really good thief. So for the next 20 minutes, you know, we're going to talk about you trying to steal the thing that I need, you know. And so they tried to do that for a bit here, but it wasn't the same. But you could have done all types of stuff. As Guinea pointed out, you like you introduced this, this, this facet of Cassie where she's just like going and shrinking cop cars. You yeah, know, what you, that would have been a whole movie. Exactly. You could have, you could have done all types of things. OK, hey. Scott, I know you're like this big time. You, uh, Scott, you're a celebrity now. You know you've written this book. Everybody loves you. Why don't you use some of that to help these homeless people that are getting pushed out of uh, out of the park here? You know, That's what and I have that say. discussion there. I, and you can have you and you can just event. You can literally just put Brett Reynolds, okay, CEO of 
suck and suck is pushing people out of there and we've got to stop them. Okay, dude, there's your movie. You can do whatever yeah. you Man. want. I actually agree with this wholeheartedly because the thing is, we keep, throughout the MCU, we keep seeing these, like, bits and pieces of how the um, blip affected, like, day-to-day people, right. but we don't really get a whole story on it. And for a second, I thought they were kind of going to kind of do, like, half the movie talking about that with her, you know, um, protecting the protesters and stuff. That you know when they talk, when when he got her out of jail and then they didn't they just were like let's snub into the quantum but I think that would be a great concept well, for a movie. Well, we lost part of that because part of that was really supposed to be what Captain America and Winter Winter Soldier right. But even that. still, it wasn't a but huge story. You know but, what but I mean? I think, yeah. I think it was going to be more of that because they cut out three episodes. Yeah. That, you know, we learned about that. But Ant Man is such a good uh, hero to do that with because he is you know the little guy. He even and, taught, his yeah. book is called the yeah. Yo, don't yeah. count out so, the little guy. So, yeah, the more we talk about this, I'm like, that would have been such a good Ant-Man 3 movie. So, so yeah, there's a lot yeah. of stuff you can do with Ant-Man 3, and, and it would have and it would have been very successful, and literally every, every, and single, very topical. every I mean, single critic that has come out against Quantumania would have one, <coughs> would have 180 on it. It would have been like, wow, what a different MCU movie, even though it's not that different. Mm. But, like, what they did here was they just threw their characters into a Quantumania blender, and they were like, let's see what happens. You know, and like it, it this like what I'm saying is like in Captain America: The Winter Soldier, you cannot take Captain America out of that and be like, let's put Thor in this story. But like with Quantumania, you could take Ant Man out, put really anybody you want there, almost. I mean, you really could. Well, but nobody really went to the quantum realm other than which makes it even which makes it even worse. So once again, how how does that expertise play into this movie? It doesn't. I mean, they. They wouldn't have even ended up there if they hadn't known about it. Like, well, what? I, but but what I'm saying is like the, to to your point though, nobody knows anything about this. Okay, so like literally the only time you have like their expertise is when like Michael Douglas is like messing with his ear and so I was like, what's that? Something's calling me, kind of thing or whatever he's doing. But like, you know, you don't you don't get any type of ex, you, you don't get any type of expertise where like it would be like this is, you know. An Ant Man movie. It's more if if, that, if that's the case, it's more Janet Van Dyne's movie. Yes. Than anything. That's fair. That's fair. <coughs> well, okay, yeah. But um, also, just once again, like with a character, like like what does like like what 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 is what what is what is, what does Scott Lang learn about himself by the end of this movie? Nothing that he didn't already yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. Like I mean, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Back to you, Al. Al, what did you think about the movie? <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's okay. No, that was great. It felt like when, like, um, it felt like when um, I played Dungeons and Dragons and, like, my players just, like, role play with each other without <laughs> me having to do anything for 20 minutes. It was awesome. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God, all I have to do is ask Josh how he felt about an Ant-Man film and, like, it just carries the podcast itself. It's awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it was great. Um... No, I I do agree. I came out of this film with overall having really enjoyed it. I do want to emphasize that. Like, um, after seeing a lot of feedback online saying that, like, oh, this is, like, the worst MCU film since, like, The Eternals and stuff, and, and like, all that, like, I was a little bit, like, kind of, like, 
negatively intrigued <laughs> whenever I went into it, just being like, okay, what's this going to be? But um, I came out of it, though, overall, really, really enjoying it. Really, really happy I went to go see it in the theaters because I did think, like, uh, the CGI I thought was great. I thought um, all of the creatures and things were really interesting. And overall, I just had a really good time. I had fun with it. Um, I did come out of there thinking two main things that I would kind of change or kind of kind of critique about the movie. And one goes along very much with what um, Josh and you all um, have talked about already, is that um, when it comes to like the third chapter in Ant-Man's story, this is not the story I would have told. Like these aren't really the characters I would have gone with um, in that way. Um, because like all, as you all have said, like Kang is an interesting enough character and he's like, he's, um, uh, what's the word? Vague, isn't it? Obscure. He's an obscure enough character that I agree with you all. He could have easily kind of carried his own script and carried his own film to kind of get into like who Kang is, um, how his identity works within the multiverse and all that. Um, um, I do agree with that. I think it would have been really interesting to see. Um, the other thing I thought about uh, as far as, as what the script did and what story was told was that for like, it's already been and joked about a bit, uh, but for a character whose whole thing is that he gets very small, this felt like such a, a huge scale film with like massive stakes. And, um, and to really bring this character arc home and to really like emphasize, you know, after all he's gone through, this is where Scott Lang is with the third chapter of his story here. Like, I would have gone really small, like you guys are talking about. It's It was really interesting to me that by the end of all this, that by the end of three Ant-Man films, um, we haven't seen Eric O'Grady. Um, that part is really interesting to me, that by the end of three films about Ant-Man, that they've been able to find enough um, storytelling that the irredeemable Ant-Man has not come up at all. Um, I think if they had done an Ant-Man film that brought the scale back down and kind of did like almost like um, Scott is um, recruited by S.H.I.E.L.D. or by Agent Jimmy Woo or whoever it is, is brought in by the government to try to plan around and thwart a a heist um uh, the heist plan that they found out about that is being led by eric o'grady uh, because he's stolen some of the pim tech or whatever it might be and having that be the conflict of the story i think that would have been way more interesting of a film as well um, um in addition to what you guys have talked about already so like it's just weird that like by the end of a third feature film about ant-man um one of the three main guys who is ant-man has not come to screen yet um that was interesting to me 
Uh, and then the last thing I thought uh, was kind of a shame about this one is that I really felt like ODOC was a waste. And I'm kind of surprised he hasn't come up yet. Uh, because ODOC, I expected way more out of that character and what we got. Um, throughout the film, he just kind of felt very strange. He didn't really feel like a threat at any point. He had this weird kind of redemption arc that felt very unearned uh, by the end of the movie. Um, and now he's gone. He's dead. And so that that use of that character um, felt very disappointing in a lot of ways. It, um, it kind of felt like they backtracked a bit on themselves and fell into like, oh, like phase one, phase two MCU habits of taking a well-known um, antagonist and just giving them one film and then killing them off. Uh, that's kind of what it felt like with ODOC here. But um, yeah, yeah, that's about it for me. Any other thoughts or anything you want to add or respond to anybody? Just to just to keep the the lore of me and you being diametrically opposed and everything, one of the things that I had absolutely no problem with in this movie was Modoc. I absolutely loved every aspect of what they did with Modoc on this thing. But then I don't see Modoc as a character where it's like, man, I really hope hope they really figure out how to fulfill the Modoc character because he's a weird character to begin with. They've already done the Pat Oswalt show and the entire joke about that show is, wow, how weird is this character? So like for them to actually try and take that something that is a Marvel, you know, a piece of Marvel lore that everyone kind of jokes about. I mean, Al, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like he's a, he's kind of a joke character at this point, right? He kind of is. Yeah. Like, I guess what I'm getting at is that, like, the things that um, that character kind of brings are just inherently in and of himself. But, like, with, like, the MCU, we have gotten to a point where, like, a lot of the, um, a lot of, like, the groups and the factions that kind of constitute the villains of the universe like are gone or like haven't even shown up yet hydra is in like a weird place right now where like it's kind of hard to tell if if there are things still or they're not um on the hand i mean as of the end of like the netflix show the hand is gone i don't know how much of that is going to carry over into the mcu but by all we Oh, about for now, the hand's gone. Um, AIM was kind of like very much associated with Hodok. And, and the version we got of that character doesn't seem to have anything to do with that at all. So like, I guess I kind of thinking that it's a shame that we're get, that going forward, we're going to get all of these MCU stories that are going to lack so many of these groups in villains and the various kinds of dynamics that they have brought to the comics aren't really 
going to show up uh, in the future, if that makes sense. I mean, I guess I see that. I just, I don't know. I, for me, there's there's no way. There, there, I'll put it to you this way, Al. I'm not totally sure there is a way to have made a Modoc as serious villain work in the MCU. Because I can't remember the last time it's worked in the comics. Like, last time he shows up in the comics, like, he's still, like, he, as far as I know, to correct me if I'm wrong here, Jake, but he's in the Wolverine, he's in the Wolverine comic run right now. He was trying to steal mm. the medicine from Krakoa, and then Wolverine, by himself, goes and just, like, owns him. And then basically at the end of it, it's like, yeah, we need, we definitely need, and like he even says the Beast, he's like, we definitely need to up our security if MODOK is somehow getting in here. So like he's not, he's, he's always been a very weird character that's like, you know, something that worked, like honestly didn't even work in the 80s, quite frankly, but like it's kind of a relic from that. And then showed up in like Marvel vs. Capcom is like, hey, isn't it funny that you can play as a head, you know? But like in in this, like at least they tried to give him something of, and and that you said you were talking about the redemption arc. They tried to give him something of a of a heart to him, you know, uh, and they have something something to do other than just be Modoc the killing machine, which is what he is. So like I understand, like I understand, like you know you you want aim and everything, but once again, this MC you can put anyone in charge of aim if you want to. You know, I'm so my boy Reynolds could have been in charge of AIM, you know, and it could have worked out. But the reason I know that is because in in the Avengers game they put a random person in charge of AIM when Modok dies. What's what's the woman's name in Avengers game? Um, Monica, the uh, she's the woman from uh, she's the one that gives Daisy Johnson her powers and uh, okay. War. So a random woman that that you don't know and Jenny doesn't know and Jake knows because he's Jake. Is, is the head of AIM in the Avengers game, and it works perfectly fine. So, like, to me, you know, like, I, I understand, because they, they, they did this with Taskmaster. They're going to do this when they try to do some some type of change before. But we, I think almost we have to look at some of these characters and go, I don't know if these things work that that well. You know, like, I mean, I really love Batmite, but if Batmite shows up in a Batman movie, I'm going to have some questions. You know, mm-hmm. so... probably would it would it be see I'd be okay if it was the Robert Pattinson one because I think would I think, you, would I, you yes, be okay? I think I think not 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 Brave and the Bold the Robert Pattinson would one. Would you be okay yes. if he just ran over show up mm-hmm. the Robert Pattinson? Because I I think the craziness of it would just be wonderful. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, when, when Modok showed up, like I, at first I laughed, and then when the more they did his character, you know, and it went, and, and then the just you know the. You know, and and this is kind of the moral of of Ant Man to begin with is hey, you don't have to be a dick. You know, mm. when they when they did that, it, I mean, that was one of the few like story thing story beats that, in my opinion, they brought into the Ant Man uh, that that was from that was from the Ant Man lore that we've gotten in MCU. Um, so I, I I liked it, but like you know it, you know if, if, if I will say this, if if you're if you're a Modoc guy, I can see why you'd be upset about it because it definitely isn't the character. Yeah, and that's all fair. Um, yeah. Um, now, um, I do want to get to uh, the post-credit scenes uh, because I said at the beginning of this, hey, everybody, if you're worried about supporters, if you're about a half hour in, um, if the, <laughs> if people who listen to this actually did care about spoilers and skipped a half hour in um, are going to hear us talking about whatever is happening with 
Odok in that film, so mm. that didn't work out. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whoopsie. Uh, but uh, I do want to get to the two post-credit scenes um, uh, because it's very obvious why people are excited for the second one um, uh, because it, um, it very obviously kind of shows a sneak peek to season two of the. Okie show. Um, that's where we'll um, end our discussion uh, here in a bit. But um, I do want to talk about um, the first scene because that first scene was really interesting to me. Um, uh, we see what appears to be uh, variants of Kang who have kind of ate up like what appeared to me to be kind of like the living tribunal in that way um and uh they're talking amongst themselves they're in some space area and then they go out and there's just like um a like stadium of kings and they're all there um <laughs> uh, jacob i'll go over to you first what did you think about that um albeit very short scene um and what do you think we can expect from it um, as we go forward with phase five. So, so yeah, so when we first saw Kang, of course, we see him as he who remains that, that variant of him. And then of course, in this one, he is Kang, the conqueror. He is the con. He constantly says he is the conqueror. Okay. Um, <clears throat> when, I fully expected Scott to die and Kang to get out. That was what I fully expected at the end of this film. When that didn't happen, I was like, oh, well, what are they going to do for Kang Dynasty? And then they immediately show the three other most famous versions of Kang, which is Ramatut, um, uh, Scarlet Centurion, and Immortus, which is what we first saw him as um, in the comics. And... I, well, first and foremost, I love the fact that, like, in a post credit scene, we got to see everything Jonathan Majors can bring, um, even though we already saw an entire film where Josh is not wrong. He is very clearly the most eye-catching character because his performance is just so really perfect. Um, you're just drawn to him, even though he is just purely evil there is no at least with a conqueror there is no um like redeeming qualities to him he is just an evil person but you still want to know more about him because he's that interesting um because of that i was intrigued to see how he was would handle playing different variants of himself and of course then when you see all three of them at the end there they all have different voices. He has different like inflections with the way he moves, with the way he says certain things. It's all really interesting to see really his range as a as as an actor playing the same character over and over again, basically. Um what's interesting to me <coughs> excuse me, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> what's interesting to me is that effectively I, I'm intrigued to see what Loki season two does because I'm intrigued to see how how accurate he who remains was when he said, once I am gone, they're all coming. Because 
I also don't know how that affects Kang the Conqueror, which is one, which is definitely an aspect where I will 100% agree with Josh, is I don't know how Kang the Conqueror fits in, or the Exiled, or however you want to say his name, how he fits in to the entire lore of Kang as a character. Um, Because it seemed like him and He Who Remains were kind of similar in the sense of they both wanted to go against basically the the rest of the the rest of the kangs and that was kind of and i know i know obviously they do it and for very different reasons i get that but that was still really weird to me because once that opens up the entire multiverse then of course we have all these other kangs and we don't know like are, are they all as powerful as the conqueror are they all as powerful as he who remains do they all have uh, time and space powers do they that's that's something going forward that I'm really intrigued to see what they do with it, or is it going to be more so like where the three main ones that we saw are going to be kind of like the like the heads of everything, which is kind of what it like you said with Living Tribunal. It's kind of it's kind of similar to that, um, and everyone else is just kind of going to be like something something akin to like a minion, basic for lack of a better term, um, where they are lesser Kang, so they could be defeated by like a single hero or or are we just going to have to watch literally hours of the avengers taking down each kang uh from each different multiverse which let me tell you i'd be okay with that because that does sound that 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 sounds fine but i am intrigued to see kind of where it goes from here um because that it doesn't really give you a whole lot um with all the others the only thing you get is this weird screaming thing that happens where which is horrifying but also exceptional at the same time because absolutely perfect because Jonathan Majors is just the best. Isn't Rama Hutt the first one? Rama he is technically the oldest like the original. But he's the one that appears in Fantastic Four first, right? Um so Immortus appears first. Is and he then, Avengers? Which one? Immortus or Ramatut? Immortus. Immortus uh so I really thought Ramatut appeared in Fantastic Four before anything. I could have sworn it was a mortis. It could be. It could be. It's one of the two. I know that because it is one of those two yeah. versions. Because because it is because um, I wasn't sure because they kind of I thought they retconned Ramatut as being a a king eventually. Like when he first shows up, he's in Fantastic Four. He's just like I've got a headdress and uh, and a and a scepter. Well, um, he also is um, Reed Richards's great 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 grandson as well. Is another thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, so, 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 and then, Richards, and then becomes, and then becomes Iron Lad. So is Reed Richards a king? Whoa. 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 I, I, I bet the Ars Donut, they do not get into that. Hmm. Yeah. Now what they, um, something happens to where. Something I, I didn't know about it and I guarantee they haven't talked about it in 30 years. Which one? Reed Richards' grandson being a king. Um. Uh, there's this little book called Young Avengers, um, written by Alan Heinberg. It's really good. Um, I, yes. you, you might enjoy it sometime. Um, but uh, Iron Lad is actually the younger version of Reed Richards' grand, grandson. But he's a king. Um, but he is a king. Yes. How did that happen? And so the entire who did who did Reed Richards go back and get with to make a king? Uh, they don't really go into the genealogy of it. But well, that, that, are you are you not interested in that? Are you like? I, do, do you not have questions? 
Look, man, all, all, all I'm telling you is that somewhere within his, uh, the entire point of, of Nathaniel Richards' Iron Lad's arc is that he is both the great-grandson of uh, of Reed Richards and also has a connection to Kang. Suspend your logic time. I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll get you, I'll get some of those Young Raiders comics sometime. They're, they're, they're pretty good. Ooh, I don't like yeah. you. I don't yeah. like you at all. And uh, by the way, guys, I, just, I also want to go ahead and point this out. Um, Josh actually hates the Young Avengers, and he doesn't want them to be in the MCU. Wow. Um, he hated Cassie in this movie. Yeah, it was it was awful. Gonna do that. Yeah. Gonna do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, doesn't like doesn't like Kate Bishop. I don't like Jake at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, hashtag free Agatha. Am I right? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Hey, hey, we're getting that show. We are. We are. They did free Agatha. I'm, I'm excited. excited. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, Josh can't wait for her to show up and strangle well, children and, and Agatha kill dogs. Agatha's a fantastic character in the comics. <laughs> but Wanda's dead, so all the spells will be gone anyways. Exactly. Wanda's not so, yeah, dead. I, oh, my God. That version of her is. We can I, get, I still don't think that. I, don't know. I, I think we'll get a multiverse. Do you, you I think. think a pile of rocks? Never mind. That's a different podcast. But anyway. <laughs> yes, a pile of rocks killed... The most powerful Avenger. <laughs> okay. I don't think it was just the no. Okay, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. Okay. Alrighty. Well, that being said, uh, <laughs> um, so um, that does, however, kind of move back to where I was going with Josh with this is that um, um, as Jacob has already expertly pointed out uh, with the various versions of Kang. Um, and Ortis is a descendant of Reed Richards, kind of, in a way. It's very complicated. Um, I spent way too much time like trying to read about it and trying to chase a genealogy through the different Earths and, and time travels, and it gets weird. But that being said, there is that um, connection in the comics to Reed Richards. That first post credit scene with all the Kangs kind of hanging out and gathering and interacting with each other um, very much kind of gave me Reed Richards vibes based on similar scenes that have happened in the comics where there's kind of like um, a multiverse organization of of Reeds uh, who talk with each other. Um, that sounds like the worst party of my life. But... <laughs> um, uh, so you can kind of see a connection or possibly a reference there as well. So, Josh, I was going to go to you um, with uh, the follow-up question, just how much overlap and interaction uh, do you think there is going to be uh, between the Fantastic Four when they um, eventually get released and get a, a movie and all that stuff, um, and then where things are going uh, with Kang as well? Um, do you think... Uh, there's going to be heavy overlap there. You said earlier that you think King is going to be the main antagonist. Fantastic Four. Yeah, I think he will be because I think I think uh, Phase, whatever Phase after this one, uh, six. Okay, so it's it's Phase Five. It's Phase Five in the. We just started. The Phase Five end with this Phase Five end with um, King Dynasty and Secret Wars. So that's how it ends. Yes. So my guess is phase six, your big bad, is going to be a combination of Dr. Doom and Magneto would be my guess. So 
for Fantastic Four, the, that movie's gonna have a lot. It's gonna have to try and pull off um, because you've got to you've got to reintroduce characters that have never worked in the in in movies, uh, and then you have to you gotta you gotta keep this story going. To your point with these with all these Kangs, but I also think you got to introduce Doctor Doom in that. Doctor Doom is as essential to Fantastic Four as anything. Um, so I will be intrigued to see what they do there. But I, no, I do. I, I think you know, like Kang is a Kang is just as much a Fantastic Four villain in my opinion as he is an Avengers villain because because of all their like Johnson to the microverse and all that stuff that you know that Kang does. Uh, you know, Fantastic Four. It, it's it's weird to think of now because they've just never really been that, or if they have been that, it was a, in a really bad movie. But like Fantastic Four is the sci-fi group. We think Guardians yeah. is that, but that's what Fantastic Four is. They're the ones that are like, you know, Reed just like, I don't know, let's just mess around with timelines, see what happens. You know, you wanna y'all wanna go visit King Arthur, let's see what happens. Those are actual comics that happened. It's true. You know, and that's how you end up with things like uh Morgana Le Fay showing up and like trying to seduce Doctor Doom and stuff. All that happens because at some point Reed Richards is like, what if I poke this? Um, also, and then Doctor Doom turning her down. Actually, and then Doctor Doom turning her down because um, Doctor Doom is is the baddest of the baddest. Uh, <clears throat> but like, but but that's what. But like, so there to me, you know that that is has to be the end result here. Is Kang and and Doctor and and the Fantastic Four meeting up? Because I do think if you do that, you also elevate the Fantastic Four. Because there's going to be a lot of people. I mean, I, there's going to be a lot of people that after. At this point, near you know, by the time you get Fantastic Four, you're gonna have 15, 16, 17 years of Marvel, and there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna be like, "Man, why does this even matter?" You know, like uh, Marvel's first family. Who cares? These things, these guys haven't been relevant in years. There's gonna be a lot of people like that, and so one of the best ways to do that, I think, would be to give them a very relevant, you know, bad guy to deal with, which would be Kang. Who at that point, I think, I think the real question now is like, what all is Kang gonna show up in? Because I, I really do think he's gonna like have a hand in just about everything, you know. Um, you know, I think he, you know, maybe not Guardians, but like beyond Guardians, I think he's gonna have a hand in just about all these. The Marvels? Yeah, I really do. I, I think he, I think he's gonna be like there, you know, because like you do, because like Kang, cause once again, Kang and the Scroll and the Kree have a nice little. They do. You know, have a have a nice little history they too. A, they got a little thing going. They on. They got a little thing going on. Yeah. So there's a lot of that's what makes Kang interesting is because. You know, like Jake was trying to convince me a couple nights ago, like, well, he's just as powerful as Thanos. I don't know if I agree with that. But what makes Kang interesting is that he has his hands in every little cookie jar. And so you can really put him in, in everything. Um, and so, like, I really think that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah. I gotcha. It's, yeah, it'll be interesting to see just how much he shows up for sure um, and where he shows up, what version of him shows up. Uh, uh, it's really interesting because this is, I mean, by far, this is the most we've seen of Kang uh, was in Ant-Man um, and the Wasp. And, and it, it definitely now feels like a role that like asked way more questions than it answered. Um, it kind of opened up a can of worms as far as Kang goes. So it'll be, um, yeah, I agree. It'll be really interesting to see like where that leads. Um, I do think you have something there with, um, him being kind of the intro, uh, the introductory villain for Fantastic Four. So, um, yeah, we'll see, man. It feels it feels very far away, but man, it's going to come very quickly. So, um, 
Oh yeah. Now um to end the Ant Man talk, um I will go to um um I will go to any and um as everybody who watched Ant Man knows, the um last post credit scene involved a um apparently like old timey version of Kang. Um uh, kinda had like a like a Tesla vibe about him. <laughs> I'm kind of going. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Um, and then, of course, the camera um, switches. And, um, of course, you see um, um, Hiddleston and um, our boy Owen Wilson in the audience kind of um, watching this display that Kang um, is doing, or some version of Kang is doing. Um, and. Oki is taking this very, very seriously. Um, so, Jenny, um, um, I'll ask you, with that kind of um, quick sneak peek into season two, what do you think um, that season is going to entail? And how do you think Kang is going to um, kind of show himself and play into uh, um, what goes on in that season? Um, yeah, so I don't, I want to say, like, it gave me some Doctor Who vibes since it was, like, way back, you know, Mm. it seems like it's, like, some time traveling, obviously, Um, and, you know, I feel like uh, in the last episode of Loki, we kind of saw that Loki is trying to convince Owen Wilson that Kang is, like, evil, and it seems like that's going to obviously continue, um, so, I mean, I, but I, other than that, like, it didn't really give a whole lot. Like, it was just very much, like, the the most teasy tease that you could possibly give. It was, mm. I, I, I wanted more. Um, but, yeah, like, I really think that it, it like I said, it gave Doctor Who vibes. Um, I don't know if that's the route they're going to take or if that's just, like, a, a one scene. But I think that'd be really cool to go through history and see, like, how Kang has shaped certain things. Um, I like those little throwbacks. Like, I mean, they had, um, we kind of got to see, I mean, this has nothing to do with Kang, but like Loki just has like a history of doing that. Like in the first season, you know, he was the uh, one dude with the money and the bomb. And what was that his name? Um, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Crap. Um, DB. Um, DB, what's that? No, that's the that, actor. That is the actor. That's no, uh, no one cares about you, Otis. Exactly. No one cares um, about Otis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. DB. Uh, I, I don't remember. Gosh. I was going to type in playing DB. But yeah. anyway, it, my point is, is like Loki clearly likes to be a little scared. Cooper. About so- DB Cooper. DB yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm just really excited for it. Um, when's that supposed to come out? Summer of this year. Summer of this year. Yeah, it's coming. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What were What were your thoughts on that, Al? Um. Yeah. Um. It was really interesting. Um. I definitely agree with you. It seems like we're going to get um some kind of story where Oki is going to kind of almost like kind of chase Kang kind of like through time and kind of like see where he's at at different points, almost like, um, 
almost as if he's trying to find a spot in time where like he's vulnerable or trying to find something that may show how to stop him. Um, so, um, yeah, it seems really, really interesting. Uh, I did want to ask yeah. you about a fan theory I saw, though, Jenny, that, mm-hmm. um, that suggested the idea that in order to kind of write um, everything that went wrong with, like, on the TVA and uh, the death of He Who Remains and things like that, there was a fan theory that stated that uh, by the end of season two, we are going to see... Oki take on the role of the new he who remains as a new like head of the TVA and that is going to um, further inflame the conflict between him and Sylvie. Um, I wanted um, to kind of ask your opinion on that um, idea uh, for season two. Huh. That's that's definitely interesting. Um, it's not something I would rule out. I could definitely. I mean, that's obviously possible. Uh, wow. Yeah. No, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Because um, we haven't really seen or heard uh, about like what Sylvie's role in the next season is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's confirmed he's in it, mm-hmm. but like we really have no clue. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Because given, like, it would kind of confuse me because given, like, all the stuff that Loki's been through and, like, he had to, like, watch, like, his life play out before him, I don't know if that's, like, something he would want to do just because of, like, I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what you said as well, like, we don't know what... Uh, Sylvie's role is going to be in season two. I wonder if season two, the plot of it, isn't going to be so much Oki trying to track and chase Kang as it is Sylvie is trying to track down all the variants of Kang and Oki is trying to track her. I wonder if that could possibly be. That's very possible too. All the while trying to convince Owen Wilson that Kang's a bad guy. There's that too. Of course, of course. Yeah. I, mean, we, so, I, mean, we, I mean, we have Owen Wilson now. We have to use him. <laughs> yeah. So just the, to be there and be like, no, nah, man, he's fine. He doesn't look <laughs> evil. <laughs> looks, like a good, <laughs> looks like a good guy. I'd get a beer with him, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Owen Wilson. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jenny was um, more Owen Wilson than I thought. I, I was, I was, <laughs> I was, I was a real good Owen Wilson. good stuff. It felt like he was in the room with me. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. Definitely. I would say the strangest casting that happened in Phase 4 was Owen Wilson in a, in a semi-serious role in a very serious show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was wild. Um, okay, well, I think... Um, but that will bring us to the end of our Ant-Man talks. Um, Jacob and Joshua, unless you guys had anything else you wanted to add, either about the movie as a whole or about the last uh, after credit scene or anything like that? Uh, pretty, just real amped for Loki. I mean, you know, it was, it was fantastic. Season one was fantastic. Can't wait to see where season two goes. Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's the conclusion. I mean, and si- he uttered six words, and Jenny was just, 
just, I mean, enthralled. I I literally was so loud in theater when he came on. Yeah, it was like it, it was disturbing actually. It wasn't even voluntary. I was just yeah. like, <gasps> like it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was obnoxious. So sorry to anybody who's in yeah, theater. Yeah, security walked in. Was like somebody gets stabbed in here or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. It's just Tom Hiddleston's on the screen. <laughs> Uh, like, I'm just things. like looking around. Why is everybody so calm? Yeah, it's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, when we went and watched it, um, we went and saw it on like a random Tuesday, which is like not a night you typically think of for having a very hype audience. But like we watched it, and when the post credit scene came on, um, one of the girls who was watching it a few seats down from me, when she saw Tom Hiddleston, like audibly screamed and was just like ah and I was just like my little sister is it Jimmy <laughs> <laughs> did Jimmy come in town to watch it in the wasp but not tell me I wish that's all I get but um oh yeah um all right guys good stuff so um uh, that is the end of our man talk now um everybody who I'm sorry I just straight up lied to you who said it'd be about a half hour um <laughs> 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 when we get to talk about MCU, it, it goes on. But um, um, I did want to go ahead um, and end this episode um, of Fandom Lounge with a simple question. We're gonna um, uh, we're gonna keep our MCU hats on uh, for right now for the rest of the episode because um, I want to ask everybody. Because we haven't really talked about um, anything upcoming in Phase 5 yet. Um, I believe we're going to do a review of Phase 4 um, um, eventually. But um, looking ahead a bit, I did want to ask everybody, what is the Phase 5 MCU project that you are the most excited about? Um, so, Jacob, I think I'll start with you. Uh, Daredevil Born Again. Just... Hands hands down. It just I when you when when you have an actor that embodies everything about that character so well, so much so that when I see him move his eyes in interviews, I literally forget that Charlie Cox is not actually blind. Um I I I have to see him as Daredevil again. And especially with the with the entirety of the MCU, and I loved him in She Hulk, and giving him eighteen episodes to, as Josh has already stated, and I, I think I don't think he's too far off uh, to bring in the rest of the Netflix um, characters into the into the MCU. I'm really excited to see what happens with that. And here's the thing: even if it doesn't, and it's just eighteen episodes of Daredevil, sweet, that works too. Because just everything about that care, everything about that performance is perfect, and I wanted more, anyways. So uh, yeah, Daredevil: Born Again is my is my top pick. Yeah, I gotcha. I mean, a very good pick. I can't like act as if I'm not a huge Daredevil mark. So um, a very <laughs> a very fair pick for sure. Um, any, um, I'll go with you. I might be able I might be able to guess it. But Ginny, yeah. what's what's your most anticipated Phase Five project? Um, man, that's like so hard. I can't even. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, Loki. Like, I mean, <laughs> like let's not even front. Um, 
yeah, I mean, what what can I say that hasn't been said about a man that's so perfect and like this embodies a character? So I mean, how, you know. how do you describe someone who is part of your past and also maybe part of part your future? Of your future. Yeah, you know? that's how I feel about Loki. The way Michael Scott feels about Holly. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm so excited. He's been gone from my life for too long, and yeah, yeah, that's all I gotta say about that. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> um, all right. Um, I will ask. Um, obviously, Oki is number one um, on your list for Phase Five. Um, is Deadpool three? Is that going to be number two or no? Yes, I am very excited about Deadpool three. I forgot that that was coming because uh, I feel like it's been like you know, like little jokes about oh, you know, Wolverine's going to be, but now it's like confirmed. Like it's going to be like you know, Hugh Jackman and Deadpool again, and like, well, Wolverine and Deadpool, tomato, tomato, no, you know? I, th- I, think, I think you were right, actually. Yeah. But no, I just think we've all been dying to see that, you know, and uh, I think that's going to be really entertaining. And uh, yeah, and this will be the first, like, MCU-controlled Deadpool movie, right? So like, yeah, yeah I'm really, really excited for it. Right, yeah. Yeah, Deadpool 3... Like, I've seen, like, uh, the advertisements. I've seen, like, I'm, like, staring at a poster for it right now on this site. It's still, like, it doesn't feel real. Like, it doesn't feel like it's a real movie coming out. Exactly. It's a bit of my issue. And I'm like, oh, but it is. It's actually a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, okay, cool. Um, Josh, I will throw it over to you. How hype are you about Eternals 2 in Facebook? (laughs) Uh, I mean, hey, Eternals two, you know, could be could be really good. I, you Harry know, I Styles, think, man. Harry Styles, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I said from you know, I, I, Eternals. I think I said was the best bad movie I've ever seen, and but I, you know, I, that was because I just don't really care about the Eternals. But hey, you can win me over. That that movie was really pretty to look at. Uh, but if I have to, can I pick two out? Can I can I talk about two? I mean, I did. Yeah, did. Mm-hmm. Can yeah, talk- you can pick two. Okay, yeah, I, for me, the two that the two that are standing out to me, um, one because I really, really hope it has an opportunity to really like further characters uh, in a p- way that they haven't really been furthered uh, up to this point uh, is the Marvels because I really, I really love Miss Marvel, yeah. um, and I am the only person apparently that defends the Captain Marvel movie. Um, I mean, Jake does too, but not like me. Like, Jake will be like, Josh, we need to walk away now. So, like, it's a little different. Um, but, like, you know, I, I really am intrigued to see what they do with, with those three characters. Uh, you know, he's going to be, uh, if Monica's going to be Photon, which could be interesting. Uh, or, or, or Spectrum, or, or Spectrum, whatever they want to call her. Yeah. Or, or, well, she's Photon now, right? Isn't that what she is in the new comic? I thought you changed your name to Photon. I thought you were Spectrum still. She was Spectrum in, in, in Ultimates. Ultimates. It really she was, doesn't matter. She was Photon she, back in the 80s. She's, she's, got the, she's, got the blue, well, she's got the blue suit again. Yeah. So, like, that's what so, was throwing yeah. me off because she's got the blue suit. Uh, there was a lot. If you haven't seen, the, uh, if you haven't seen that uh, poster, I love that poster because they've all got their new suits. And if you know the, the history of those characters, you can, like, take something maybe from the suits they have. Um, so I'm really intrigued to see what they do with that one. I really, I'm really hoping that one's successful because 
all three of those characters are just extremely important parts of of not Marvel Cinematic Universe, just Marvel in general. You know, I mean, you know, when Monica Rambeau is Captain Marvel, there's a point where she leads the Avengers. You know, like it's like, yeah, we've got we got Captain America, we got Iron Man, but Monica's going to lead the Avengers. That was a big deal, you know. And so uh, those characters really mean a lot to a lot of people, and I really hope they they do well on that one. But the one that I'm most intrigued by, because I don't know what they're going to do with it, is Captain America 4 with New World Order. I really yeah. don't know, like, you could you could tell me anything's going to happen with that, because we know Bucky's going to be in it, but Bucky's also in Thunderbolts. Mm. So, like, what happens there? Bucky's you know? everywhere, man. But Bucky's all over the place. I love that. Bucky's everywhere. <laughs> you know, and you've got all the stuff going on with Sharon Carter. You've got all the stuff going on with our, our boy Zemo. You know, I mean, there's a lot going on there. Harrison Ford is Ross. Harrison Ford is Ross. Is it leaders in that too, though? Right? Isn't yes. That, oh yeah. Tim Blake, Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah, coming back. I did see a hilarious, uh, a hilarious uh, a video, a reel where it was like Harrison Ford when he has to do press for Captain America: New World Order. This guy, this guy was asking, "Hey, how do you pronounce Thor's hammer?" And the guy played Harrison Ford was just like. Death cannot take me or you quicker than in this moment. <laughs> so, like, I'm really excited because Harrison Ford, I don't know why he's doing this to himself because he's notoriously prickly. And, like, the MCU, when you're an MCU guy, you have to do a lot of press. And, and you, you have to be bubbly. And you prickly. have to be, like, somewhat friendly. So, like, this is the first time since Ed Norton Hawk where they have gotten somebody that was like, I don't know if he's press friendly. Um, but I, I'm intrigued to see what he does with Ross. I, I really, I think that'll be interesting. Is he going to be Red Hulk, Jake? What mm. do you think? I, I'm, I'm going to shift. Do you think he'll end up being Red Hulk? Yes. Because like, I mean, that's basically how Thunderbolt uh, should end, right? To me, that's depending. On, so we don't have a release date for Thunderbolts. We don't have a release date for Captain America. The way I would do it is at the end of Captain America he becomes Red Hulk, and then that's the story for the Thunderbolts. That's New World Wars, how they got to take him down. As, they have to, as they're Red sending... They're sending... Yes. Well, uh, I mean, Harrison Ford is... I mean, he's... He, he's older. Yeah, he, well, he, he doesn't have... <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to bulk up. No, 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 no. You're misunderstanding me. No, Denny's got a point. They'll probably do CGI. No, no, I know. I I don't want CGI. No, I want Harrison in red spray paint. No, no, no. Okay, never mind. I'm gonna stop talking. No, 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 no. I get, I get what you're saying. No, I do get what you're saying because because you're not wrong. He is older, and the point. It, yeah, but it's it's. I mean, see, is he see, signing, the whole, like, a 10-year contract? The whole... Like, well, I don't know about that, yeah. because Red Hulk didn't last that long in Marvel. That's true, yeah. Like, oh. But, like, the, the thing is, is like, the whole reason it happens, and correct me if I'm wrong, in Thunderbolts is because he's dealing with the heart issue, right? Yeah. He tries to use the gamma oh. radiation to to fix his heart, which mm-hmm. they've already hinted at in Black Widow. And, and, and Civil uh, Was in Civil War? And Civil War yeah. and Infinity War. Like. Right. So, like, they've already hinted at all these things. So, like, that's, you know, I don't know. We're good off track, Al. My bad. I'm just, I thought that no, was... it's okay. Good health care. Yeah. There you go. Well. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Anyway, continue. It's, it's yeah, those, those are the two movies that I'm probably most excited about. Obviously, I mean, I can't. I mean, Daredevil was just... I'm so excited for Daredevil. It's not. Yeah, even I funny. think we all are. But. Yeah, 
But I, but Jake Jake spoke about that that eloquently uh-huh. enough, and then Jenny spoke eloquently enough about Loki, so I didn't have to say anything there. Yeah, it's gonna be a good phase. Hey, a really under the radar yeah, one that I'm really excited about is Echo. Uh, oh yeah, Echo's gonna be really good, I think. Yeah, yeah, Echo, I think will be excellent. I think Echo will be like kind of a dark horse show as far as like the street level MCU stuff goes. I think it's gonna do a lot of like very big important things for him that um, sphere of the MCU. Um, yeah, Jacob, uh, uh, before I go, did you want to go on the second one as well? Uh, the only other second one that I would have I would have picked was the Marvels because Goth is absolutely correct. Um, I saw a some semblance of a um, a um, poll earlier today on YouTube because they do that now for some reason, um, and it was who's your least favorite MCU character, and oh. the four were Sprite from Eternals. Taskmaster from Black Widow. Um, Excuse me, who was the third? Oh, uh, John Walker. Or Captain Marvel. Do you know who was winning? Captain Marvel. Marvel, Which is insane to me. um, Because Carol is fantastic. Um, I mean, Carol has so many good moments in the comics. And I just... <clears throat> I want people to. I, I, this is going to sound weird. I want people to see Carol the way that I see her, uh, and, and I know I know that sounds weird, but but it's true. I, Carol is one of the most important characters of really the last like fifteen years when it comes to the hierarchy of power and leadership within the Marvel comics. I mean, I think Judgment Day is the first like major comic that she hasn't been in, like a massive part of, 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 from the event standpoint and she's still there, but she's doing other things. She's like, she's not with cap and Iron Man and everybody at that, the head of that. And she's still present though. Um, but with everything else, with her story arcs, with her characterizations, and also the fact that she is such a perfect bridge for if we want to, do you want to do more cosmic? Okay, Captain Marvel. Do you want to do something more grounded on Earth? Captain Marvel. There's so much you can do with that character that, to me, if she is not one of the flagship characters going forward in phases five and six, there's a problem. Um, but also, not only do I love Carol, but then you also have Kamala Khan, who is a very, very important character, not only from the sense of she is someone that anyone who is younger can look up to. Um, anyone who is um, <clears throat> who is an immigrant can look can look up to. And there's so many things you can do with her as a character that are so important. And then of course, Spectrum, Photon, you know, call her whatever you want. Call her a badass. That's Monica Rambo. She is. She is going to be absolutely fantastic, the same way she was in WandaVision. Um, I mean, just all you have three of the most, like Josh said, and I know I'm just kind of echoing what he said, excuse me, but you have three of the most important characters in Marvel, just in general, in one movie. I, I, ca- I absolutely cannot, November 10th cannot, cannot get here fast enough. 
I just think with Captain Marvel, they, they did a disservice because they really should have done a more basic, like, first movie with her where, like, you know, like, she's fighting the scrolls, and then, like, you know, she gets real down on herself, and Jude Law shows up and is like, hey, I know you're a woman, but you can do this. Mm. And then, like, it would have been a, people would have accepted that movie, I think. Apparently, it would have been, yeah. been better, you know. Uh, that sounds familiar to other movies, though. No, man, I think that's that would sounds have worked. Just similar. Like, just like you know, like he's like just like he's like crying, and like mm. Jude Law just shows up and is like, "Hey, mm. you know, you know, you could you can do this, mm. Carol. You know, mm-hmm. you know, all the men are behind you. You know, like I think I think that would have been a more successful movie. Mm. You know, it worked with the two Wonder Woman movies. You know, yeah, but we still did. We it don't did. talk about that, do we? We we no, nah. we don't. No. Nah. I mean, I know one person who does. Yeah, yeah I, bet, <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, but that's great. Those are uh, great picks, uh, for sure, y'all. Um, I just I'll, I mean, I'll be excited for yes. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah. Um, I was just gonna say first, I'm just glad that the internet um, is in agreement that. Uh, Harold Danvers is um, a worse MCU character than uh, the guy who used Captain America's shield to hack a dude's head off. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Or in soil. I'm glad that you know. I'm glad that's a consensus that everybody reached. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I'm glad I don't spend a lot of time on the internet anymore. Um, but that being said, um, um, yeah. Again, I'm with you guys. Like, I'm really, I'm excited for Daredevil. That's an easy. Pick for me, he's like a top three comic book character for me in general. So obviously, I'm really I'm excited to see what Daredevil does. Um, born again. Um, one I am going to pick though, and kind of for the same reason that Josh picked uh, Captain America four, just because I don't really know what they're going to do with it. Um, um, is Blade? Like, I love Blade. I think Blade's awesome. I think vampires are really cool. Um, I liked the special they did on on a werewolf by night. I kind of expected Blade to show up there, but he did not. Um, instead, he shows up at the end of the Eternals to, to, to talk to Jon Snow for some reason. That was strange. But like, <laughs> I just don't really, I don't really know what Blade is going to be about. I don't really know where Blade is going to fit in kind of the landscape of the MCU um, that is coming our way. Um, So like with that one, I love the character and I'm just really intrigued. I want to see where all of the supernatural stuff that we've gotten um, small hints and tastes of um, in phase four, I want to see where all of that is going to kind of come together and collide with, um, I presume with um, the Blade film. But um, um, so yeah, we'll see. We will see. That's I don't know what's going to happen with that one, but I'm very um, excited for it for sure. Um, but um, yeah, guys, um, everybody, thank you very much uh, for hanging out with me. Um, um, I love talking about MCU stuff with you guys, um, and everybody who listens as well. Thank y'all very much for hanging out uh, with us. Uh, this episode of Phantom Lounge was kind of like MCU time, um, uh, which is always fun. Um, in the future, we'll talk about like a bunch of other topics and, and things as well. But um, thank you all very much for hanging out with us. 
Um, if you enjoy the show, we have a lot of other um, shows and, and formats um, that we do as well. Please check those out. If you really, really enjoyed the show, uh, we do it for free, free for your enjoyment. But if you are interested in supporting it, uh, we can uh, hook you up uh, with um, our Patreon as well. Um, but in the meantime, y'all, we have a lot of really exciting stuff coming up. So from our house to yours, thank you very much. And remember that fandom is for everyone. And have a good night.